What is going on? My name is Tyler Sturvin. I'm the pastor of different church and I'm so thankful that you're joining us today. And if you want more information on our church, you can check out our website, dfrnt.church. But before we hop into today's message, can you do me a favor on whatever platform you're listening from? Will you give us a follow? And hey, if it blesses you, why don't you hit that five stars? Because all of that helps us reach more people with the word of God. All right, I'm done. Let's hop into today's message. Let's do it. Different church, welcome. Hey, real quick, I don't know where you're watching from or anything like that. Will you, will, will you real fast, maybe drop in the comments where you're watching from or something like that. I just want to say thank you so much for being here, for being a part, and I'm just thankful and grateful that you decided to tune in this weekend. Now, hey, real quick, and I always forget, everybody that watches on Spotify or listens on Spotify or Apple Music, man, uh, we've had a ton of people recently downloading. I just want to say thank you so much. Wherever you're listening from, maybe you're on your treadmill, you're in your dorm room, wherever. Hey, I love you. I I, I really believe this message is for you. We start a new series this week called FOMO, the fear of missing out. FOMO. How many, listen, listen, listen. Can we be honest? Right? With social media, it's so much easier to have FOMO, isn't it? Right? You get on, you, you know, you're sitting there eating like Twinkies or whatever, and, and, and you're just a lard on the couch, and you're just scrolling, and you click the stories. Stories have made FOMO so much worse. And so you see, oh, they went to the fair with that person. And you start like, kind of, listen, you start kind of feeling salty that you didn't get invited. FOMO! But did you know long before, listen, listen, okay, long before social media, FOMO still existed in social media. And I honestly think it was worse because you couldn't see what your friends were doing and that you weren't a part of. So you just had to, I remember on Friday night, say I was 15 years old, my grandma wouldn't let me out of the house because she was being mean to me. She wouldn't let me out of the house. I'd sit on my bed and I would, I think like Judge Judy was on, right? I would be laying on the bed, listening, watching Judge Judy, and I knew my friends were doing stuff. I knew they were out doing stuff. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, they probably met Lil Wayne. They probably are doing this. My imagination would go crazy because I wasn't there. I missed out. I missed out on something. And if I have FOMO with people and with what people do, should I not have FOMO when it comes to what, listen, God's doing? When was the last, I mean, and we all know, you ever been to like a night of worship? You ever been to church before? You ever like met somebody that like comes out of church and you know they got something that you didn't? You're like, you're like, I, were we, listen, were we in the same room? Like, do, are, do we worship the same God because whatever they're on, like that, that's crack. I'm not on that. Like whatever they're on, I'm not on. I'm, listen, I'm missing out. I'm missing out on what God has for me. And I know all like, Just about every week, Tyler preaches out of the Bible and we go to a person in the Bible that got it, right? David, he, the Holy Spirit used him to slay Goliath. He got it. What about everyone in the army that missed it? What about everyone that missed it? Daniel in the lines and we talk about Daniel. What about everyone that missed it? And is there a reason they missed it? Is there a reason they didn't encounter everything that God had for them? And if... 
Just like I can learn so much from David, from all of these awesome people, Joseph, all these awesome people in the Bible, I think we can learn just as much, right? Some people you can learn what to do, and some people you can learn what not to do. And I think that we can learn just as much about people that missed. Guys, so if you have a Bible, will you turn to Luke 18? And this is... Jesus tells us this story. He really gives us two people. Somebody that got it, somebody that didn't get it. And I think that we can learn from not only the person that got it, but I think we can learn. And I, and I know I probably preached this a million times where I'm saying, be like the guy that got it. But what if I needed to focus on the person that didn't get it? What if I, my focus shouldn't have been on who got it and who focus on who didn't get it because I'm currently in a situation. I don't know about you. I don't know about your marriage. I have no idea. What if you're in a position where you feel like you're missing it? You feel like I'm not getting everything that God has for me. So look at this. Luke 18. We're going to start in verse nine. Check this out. Then Jesus told this story to some of those who had, look at this. We're not going to preach on this, but of course, Tyler's guys who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everybody else. Verse 10, two men went into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. For I don't cheat, I don't sin, and I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week. That's a lot. That's a calorie deficit for sure. And I give you a tenth of my income. Verse 13. But the tax collector, so the second dude stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Verse 14, and we're done. I tell you this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified. Justified means good. I tell you this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. Two guys walk into the same room and get a different result. Same Two guys walk into the same church, walk into the same building, and get different results. So that means just because I'm close to God doesn't mean I'm close to God. You can be in the presence of God and not be in the presence of God. You can be present... To God and not be in God's presence. My wife and I are together all the time. We could be inches away but miles apart. Because, listen, I'll be on my computer, she's on her phone, but we're right next to each other. But we're missing each other. We're not close to each other. You can be in the presence of God and not be present with God. And this is a dangerous place for me. I've got to be very careful. You've got to be very careful that you don't love showing up to church more than you love showing up to God. Like, God, I need you. I need you. No, no, no. We just show up where I, I mean, God's, they, they told me God's at church. So I just go to church. No, 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 no. God lives inside of me, right? 
God is always around me. That means I can step into his presence anytime, but we love being, I mean, we, I mean, it really comes down to what do you look like in front of people? Do I look like, does our marriage look good or is it good? Right? These are totally, totally different things. You know how many times I've had a gym membership for like 15 years, haven't lost any weight. Haven't, my body hasn't changed in 15 years. I've had, you can be in the gym, but not get the benefits of the gym. You can be in church and not get the benefits of the church. You can be in worship and not get the benefits of worship. Just because you're present doesn't mean you're in his presence. And we've got to be so, 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 so careful that we don't value being somewhere rather than being with someone. You've got to be careful. And that's what these two dudes, two men, it's kind of like a bad joke, isn't it? Two guys walk into a bar. Two men went to the temple to pray. But then he tells you what they did while they're, and I think that this is huge. Because it's not the temple, listen, it's not the temple's fault, right? God, God was showing up there. There's a reason they went there. They just missed it when they got there. And look at what he says. And you see the difference. Verse 10, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. Verse 11, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank God that I am not a sinner like everyone else. What? Do you see... Do you see his prayer life now? Do you see what he's... He walks in here and goes, God, look, look, look at me. If you want your prayer life to take the next level, stop saying, God, look at me and start saying, God, I'm looking to you for this solution. This guy in scripture goes, hey, God, look at how good I am. No, no, no. If you want your prayer life to get to the next level, you're going, God, stop looking at me. I'm looking to you because only you can get me out of whatever I'm in right now. Only you. Have you ever wondered what's at the root of homelessness? I used to try to describe it to my husband that um, I said, I feel like I'm in this big spider web and I'm stuck in there. And how wraparound approaches at missions aim to make a difference? It's the things like that. The people who communicated that in spite of my rough edges, that they authentically cared about me. On the Restorers podcast, we'll talk to experts, investigate current issues, share stories, and give you an inside look at how we at Water Street Mission tackle issues related to homelessness and poverty every single day. Join us by searching Restorers wherever you find your podcasts. But his whole prayer life, I mean, look at it. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else, for I don't cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that guy over there. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. He's telling you, I'm the real deal, God. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the real deal. And God's like, no, 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 you're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. But, but how he says, look at what he says right here. I thank you that I'm not a sinner like everyone else. So he's putting everyone else on blast. I don't cheat. I don't sin. I don't commit adultery. But look at what he says. I'm certainly not like that guy. Same room. I'm certainly not like that tax collector over there. Listen to me. Making someone look bad does not make you look good in front of God. 
You do not base your holiness based on somebody else's unholiness. You base your holiness based on God's holiness and what he's done. You don't compete with other people. Oh, they didn't go to church. I went to church. I I think I'm going to get into heaven first. I got an extra room in my mansion. No, that's not how we judge ourselves. We judge ourselves based on what Jesus did for us. And that's it. That's it. But this guy is literally taking this guy and going, look how bad he is. Therefore, God, look how good I am. No, you miss it. You miss it. You miss it. You miss it every single time. But how many of our spiritual lives, that's, that's, that's how we know if we're doing good. That's the only thing we base it on. Did I show up to church? Did I pray? Did I tithe? Did I not cuss somebody out? Did I not punch somebody in the road? Okay, cool. I'm good. What? That's No, you're missing it. This has nothing to do with the Pharisee or the tax collector. It has everything to do with how good God is. But he missed it. He missed it. But this is what our whole prayer life is, right? Look how good I look. Look how good I am. Look how good I talk. Look how I know every single word to every single word. I raise my hands during the choruses. I even put $20 in the bucket when it passes by. No, we're missing it. But we would rather look. We would rather look good than be good. I'm convinced with, like that we would rather look successful than be successful. I would rather my marriage look good than actually be good. I post all the times on the gram, all the time on the gram, but I'm messaging other girls on the gram as well. But we look good. We hired a photographer. There are not, hear me, and I know I say this all the time, there are not enough photographers in your city to cure your marriage, to heal your marriage. There are not. Stop. We have got to be okay with walking into the presence of God going, hey. Well, I mean, this is what we do, right? This is, this is it. When I walk into church, I, I, well, I make sure I look right, right? So I make sure I smile when I see somebody. So I, I get behind this front. I get behind this not me, right? And I put on this front and I go, this is what I look, this is who I am. And he smiles. He says all the right things. He says, I'm blessed, highly favored. I put some money in the tithe bucket. I worship. But the whole time I've just created this persona for people. And God, the whole time's like, bro, get out from behind this guy. Come to me, get to know me, spend time with me. You're not, you can fool them. You can't fool me. That's what God's saying. You can fool the church. You can fool people. But stop. It's not helping you. It's not curing anything. Come to me. Step out from behind the fake and the persona and come to me. Come to me. But what's easier, right? Because if I step out, look, if I step out here, everyone knows what my depression's like. If I step out here, everybody knows how I really talk. If I step out here, everybody knows what I really struggle with. If I step out here, everybody knows that I struggle with porn. If I'm honest, if I st- You can't just walk into church and go, hey, I'm a sinner. Hey, hold on, sinner alert. Like you can't just walk into church. But what if that's why you're missing it? What if that's why you're missing it? Not because you don't look good, you wear the church merch, you do whatever. No, like what if... God's really just asking you, hey, come, come to me. You don't have to compete anymore. You don't have to look good anymore. You don't have to say the right things anymore. What if he's just like, hey, come to me. 
come hang out. Because look, so we see the guy that missed it. We see the guy that missed it. Now we pull up to the other guy. Verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dare not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, look at his prayer. It's a lot shorter. Oh, God, be merciful to me. And look at what he says. For I am a sinner. Look at the difference in prayers. One was saying, I'm not this. To the creator of the universe that knows he is this. And then you have this other guy that the world is like, don't mess with that dude. He's terrible. And he says, hey, I'm a sinner. You can, you can, if you're real with God at home, you'll get closer to God than being fake at church. If you're real with God at home, you might as well not even step If you're going to fake it at church, don't even step in. You're not, you're not going to get what God's asking you. You've got to be, you got to come real, right? That's how, I mean, that's how we used to say it going back in the day. Come, come real to me. Hey, let me see you. Look, talk to me for real, for real, for real. And we see this dude says, hey, have mercy. I'm a sinner. Amen. Thank you for this food. Amen. Simple. All he said was, I'm a sinner. And is that, listen, and this is convicting. When was the last time you said that? When was the last time your whole prayer, everything, I pray in the shower a lot, okay? When I'm stressed, I just like get in the shower. I'm like, God, what's up? Like, I need something. I need, when was the last time I went, God, I'm a sinner? Period. Talk to me. I'm a sinner. Talk to me. I need you. I need you. When was the last time? I really said that I'm a, because isn't it, isn't it your sin that makes it awkward to talk to your dad? I remember this one time I got in trouble at school and I knew they had called my dad, but we didn't have cell phones like that at the time. And so when he picked me up from school, I sat down in the passenger seat and, and my dad went, how's your day today? And I wasn't sure like if he knew or not. And so I was like, good. And me and my dad are cool. But it was awkward because I wasn't sure if he knew what, was, what happened. I wasn't sure yet. And then finally, there was awkward. It was awkward for like three minutes. And he went, your principal called. And I was like, Dad, I promise. And the, awkward, the moment I knew he knew, it stopped being awkward. Then I became his, listen, I became his son again. All he needed me to do was say, hey, I messed up. I don't want this to be weird anymore. You're in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat. Take me. I'm cool. Let's do this. But what did it take? A confession. What did it take? My dad knows. I know. Let's just meet in the middle and we're good. But what's the last thing we do? I'm a sinner. Save me. I messed up. Save me. I looked at it. Save me. I said it. Save me. That's the last thing we do. But that's what set these two things apart. These two people apart. One said, hey, I messed up. I'm broken. I'm hurting. And he got it. And he was good. And he was right. You know what's interesting about these two guys' prayers? Look at this. The Pharisee said 60 words to God and 10 of those words were the word I. The tax collector, the sinner, says 10 words. Two of them were I. The other ones were about God. 
Only the sinner who said 10 words was good in front of God. Only the sinner was the one that left the prayer justified. What if God's not looking for more words? What if he's looking for more confession? You miss it when you don't confess it. The power is not in the words. The power is in the heart behind the words. That's what God's asking of you. You miss it because you don't confess it. You want to know why you're missing out on everything God has for you? You want to know why there's some prayer warriors in this world? You want to know why there's some awesome worship sets and you're like, that was cool. I, I wasn't a part of it, but I'm glad other people. Be, maybe there's something keeping it awkward between you and your dad. Maybe you haven't confessed something. And that's the beginning of your relationship with Jesus. That's your, the beginning of salvation, right? Is, hey, I've messed up. I admit, hey, I screwed it. I'm, I'm, I messed up. I'm sorry. And even whenever you've been a Christian forever, it doesn't, it's still the same conversation over and over and over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that's what God's looking for. That's what he's looking for. But that's the last, that's the last thing we do is say, I'm hurting. I'm messed up. I'm broken. And that's the stupidest thing in the world, isn't it? Could you imagine if I broke my arm, but I didn't have it in a cast or anything, and a doctor walked up to me and went, hey, your arm's broken, let's fix it. And I went, no, it's not. And it's just dangling. And he goes, bro, I know it hurts you. I know it's broken, let's fix it. I'm like, it's not broken, leave me alone. How stupid would I be to not allow the doctor to fix it? All I have to do is admit that it's broken and run to a doctor. But we really, in our lives, our marriages are broken, our finances are broken, our spirit's broken. We have an addiction that's killing us, and we walk around going, it's not broken, God, I'm good. And he's like, dude, stop. I know it's broken. I know you hurt. Let's heal it. But what does it take? What does it take? Hey, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Hey, I, oh, it sounds, it sounds so bad. I'm a sinner. I mean, I'm not like a murderer sinner. I'm just like a lying sinner. No, it all keeps you from him. All of it keeps you from him. And so that's my prayer. Why do you miss it? Because you refuse to confess it. I don't know where you are, who you are, what you've done, where you've been. I have no idea. I don't know how much money you got in the bank. I don't know how many women or men you've been with. I have no idea. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. You've been with one person. You've been with a hundred people. You say sorry. You looked at one site, you looked at a million sites. I'm sorry, I missed it. And that's my prayer for you. Wherever you are, I don't know how you got here. I have no idea. But let's say this prayer. All you're gonna say is, God, I'm sorry. I've messed up, I'm broken. And then you'll slowly begin to see, okay, I'm in the car with my dad and it's not awkward anymore. You'll find this freedom, right? You'll find this peace. You'll find this freedom, you'll find this, Life's a lot lighter than I thought it was. All because you confessed it. That's it. Lord, we love you. But man, I'm sorry when I've missed it. I'm sorry when I've messed up. I am a sinner. Save me. I look at things I shouldn't. I say things I shouldn't. I partake in things I shouldn't. I'm I messed up. I'm broken. I'm hurting. But I don't, I want me and you to be good. I don't care if things outside of me change. I want me and you to be good because I know when me and you are good, everything else will figure itself out. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about me and you. But God, I'm here just to tell you one thing. I'm a sinner. 
I'm broken. Cure me. Heal me. Make me better. I need you. I need you. I need you. God, I love you. We love you. We praise you. It's your name we pray. And everybody said, amen.